Hey everybody, welcome to ADD Masterminds. I'm Bridge Lavotte and I'm here with Bethany Olson. Hey, Hello, I'm happy Bethany. to be here. Welcome to ADD Masterminds. This is so, so different. I've been doing it, this show with Jimmy or Theo for such a long time. And you're actually the first female co-host. Am I? Oh, yeah. I'm glad to bring that to the table. Yeah. So don't don't screw it up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> have to represent an entire gender. No big deal. <laughs> you're you're representing lady kind. <laughs> I can do it. I'll make us all proud. So, uh, I was gonna actually open with Echo. I have this written down. Echo. Now, um, basically. I've had the album out, uh, um, uncaged out since like the summer of 2020. Uh, oh. We're working on releasing album two, which is titled Green. And so okay. we got like 15 songs on that, right? And okay. I'm still waiting for my, my guys to like do all the mastering and everything, right? And right. Um, just yesterday, Zandy came to me with another track, which is Echo, which will be the third album. Oh my gosh, you <laughs> are. So I got a whole other album that we're starting on, but it's oh like, goodness. I just thought I'd share the concept because it's kind of fun. Okay. Um, it's like this, I, I was talking to my friend, uh, Brad Walker, and he was saying that everything you know, you learn from someone that you trust. Mm. And it's like, so basically it's like anything that I believe, I learn from someone I trust. Um, and so yeah. essentially everything I say, everything I do is nothing but an echo. Oh gosh, you, that's gonna make me spiral for sure. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's the concept for the album. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, I'm just, I'm excited about it. I'm not really sure what I'm gonna write. But um, I think it's it's kind of funny because when you get into conversations with people, you kind of realize who they're parroting. You know, as you mm -hmm. talk to them, you're like, oh, you're just saying this because so-and-so, I've listened to that podcast. I know exactly what you're going to say. And right. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. That drives me crazy sometimes, you know, to be like, oh, I've heard this argument before. And I'm like, no, I, I think that I really think that. I think that it feels <laughs> true to me, but... Okay, I guess, wow, I guess I did learn everything from someone else. Oh, gosh. Yeah, but I think <laughs> like, and I think, you know, it's kind of like with art, where it's like, if I'm going to make music, it's mm -hmm. like, I listen to a whole bunch of different musicians. And then I um, create something new out of it, right? So if you right. listen to enough different types of music, you can actually create something that sounds original, even if it is still an echo. And so it's the same thing with what you read, what you listen to on podcasts, what movies you watch, all those things make right. us who we are. Which right, actually you. is another topic I wanted to talk about. Um, I've been reading, um, what's it called? Jesus and John Wayne. Okay. I've yeah. Seen that and so there's, there's a lot around. of people talking about this book. And um, one of the things they talked about was how, um, Christian books, Christian music, Christian movies, maybe a little bit. I don't know if I'm, not, not enough people watch them for it to matter, but, uh, right. but between Christian music and Christian books, 
that's really dictated where Christianity has gone in America. And I would say by extension in Canada and stuff like that. So, and they've always been trying to be not too uh, denominational in how they approach it. And I was like, that's so interesting. Cause I'm like thinking, what were my influences? Um, I remember I read Wild at Heart and I was like, yes, that's yes. what men are supposed to be. Did you have any like ladies books that really uh, influenced you? Yeah, the the counterpoint to Wild at Heart was captivating. Um, it was called captivating. I'm pretty sure. Huh. Or captivate. It was something like that, and I think it was some some lady in like a flowy dress, kind of in a meadow, and because that's what we Christian ladies do. Um, I'm trying to, I think I listened to music more than necessarily read Christian books. Oh, oh, what did you listen I'm to? flashing back. Uh-huh. Well, you know, Point of Grace, Jackie Velasquez, you know, um, uh, you know, just different. I was a big Sarah Groves, like her first couple of, you know, her, her work's always great, but her first couple really, really stuck. Um, but I remember reading Stomping Out the Darkness with hmm. my small group, which I think is like a kid's version of one of those like freedom in Christ books or something. And, you know, it, it had the horrible um, analogies and trying to sound like, Hey, young kids, we're writing cool stuff for you. But, <laughs> you know, it was, it, there was still a lot of, you know, good who I am in Christ truth stuff in there that uh, was valuable in junior high. Jesus freak really rocked my world. Yeah. I remember I that one. Like I remember when um, I was in high school when it hit, and I remember there was a guy who had like a cross in his locker. And I was like, hey, you could be a Christian and be cool. <laughs> and so I decided <laughs> to be the cool Christian. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did you sit I don't know like if backwards on chairs? A cool Christian. To like, <laughs> what was that? Did you sit like backwards on chairs? Like, hey, let's break out and talk, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's keep it real, guys. Yeah. Um, Oh, it's funny too. I think like high school was kind of interesting because there was like a table in the cafeteria where all the Christians sat. And I always thought like, that's dumb. Like Jesus would be sitting not at that table. Right, right. And I was just thinking out a bit today. um, I actually I on one of my other accounts, I kind of had an interaction with Christian Twitter. And I kind of saw the bad side of it. I kind of felt like I kind of saw what it's like for Jimmy when he has a bad take. Oh no. And I was like, this oh, is Jimmy. like the Christian table at the, at the, you know, where it's like, people don't feel included. And I'm like, we got to be careful oh. with that Christian, weird Christian Twitter. Oh, you know, like weird. when they pile on somebody, it's not Christian at all. You know, I'd like to take this up. I've piled on Jimmy. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> He's a good guy. <clears throat> uh. You ever watched like the Louis C.K. show? No. Um, I think I've seen like a couple of clips here and there. I don't think I've watched pretty much any of it. Yeah, me too. I haven't itself. actually watched it. But <laughs> I remember there was a meme that I thought was really good. I know me. exactly where you're going with this. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Is the it little the one... girl with the ice cream? I, I think so. Yeah. And he's like basically says the only time you should look at someone else's plate is to make sure they mm-hmm. have enough. Yes. I've seen, I love that one. I think it's so sweet. Such a beautiful picture of contentment. It's funny. I 
may have brought this up on the podcast before because I think I said Louis C.K. He's a guy that we should all imitate in every possible way. No. No, I'm sure you did not. But I'm sure that's what people heard. <laughs> like, how yeah. dare you use him as an example in this one yeah. beautiful thing yeah. that's scripted? Another topic. I'm going to quote Hitler here. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> beautiful paintings. Um, no, I, I love that meme. I think that's sweet. And I, you know, it's a good picture of yourself, you know, to be content with what you have, but also mm. looking out for everybody else. But still an element of mind your own business you know i i love that one anytime it comes around on facebook i gotta share it yeah totally had you you ever hear the term bella clava no so like a bella clava is like a thing that covers your face i think like it's like it's kind of like a ski mask or whatever um they use them at work and stuff like that but i think it sounds like a like character from star wars <laughs> okay if we're not supposed to talk about the list, edit this out. But I thought it said baklava. And I was like, isn't that that dessert? Why are we talking about baklava. pastry? What is, what is that? It's a pastry? It's some kind of like, I think it's Greek. It's some kind of dessert pastry. And I was like, interesting. I've never had it. I wonder why he wants to talk about it. Mm. Now I feel even sillier. <laughs> I, I talk about the ADD master list all the time. This like okay. the, we do that inside baseball thing. It's really exciting. Gotcha. Um Speaking of the list, mm. I had I wrote down anxiety avoidance cycle. This is a little mental health dealio. And oh, it's kind of like this okay. idea that like you get when you get anxiety about something. So like let's say dogs. I think dogs is a great example because a lot of people okay. are afraid of dogs. Um and it's like you have anxiety about this dog that you're going to interact with when you go to your friend's house. Mm -hmm. And when you start to get near to the dog, you figure out how to avoid that dog. And basically your brain is trained so that next time you're in that situation, it's like there's kind of an increased amount of anxiety because it knows the relief and avoidance. Oh, and eventually wow, okay. you become more and more sensitized to that, whatever that stimulus is. So like mm, every time right. there's a dog, it's like the anxiety just keeps amping because your body oh, gets so much relief from avoiding. Okay. That makes sense. That so does. the way to break I... with that is immersion therapy. Yes. You find a small dog. That makes sense. That a small dog. You. I have a weird fear. I'm afraid of butterflies. Like Really? I, I know I know how irrational it is. They're not gonna hurt me, but they freak me out. Hmm. And I've been told, just go stand around in a butterfly house for 20 minutes. Eventually your panic like muscle will run out and you'll be fine and you'll be cured. But hmm. that does not sound like uh I can just rather avoid them. But I don't know why they freak me out. See, mine <laughs> like I wouldn't I don't know if it's a fear so much as it's it's an annoyance, and I think it's gotten worse and worse over time. It's like if I'm not watching a TV show and I can hear it, it drives me crazy. Or really? if like someone else is playing music and I want to listen to music, it's like I can't listen to two songs at once. Like that just drives me crazy. Oh, okay. Like it's just different kinds of like audio stimuli that just really annoys me. And so I, I don't know. I'm not sure what to do about it. Like, I guess exposure <laughs> therapy, just make myself listen to conflicting to stuff. To too all many the time. things at once or. Yeah, I don't know. And it may be the ADD brain too, because I'm just like, I just want to focus on one thing. Like I'm always right. very kind of one thing, 
is the best way to, although, I don't know, I just, my brain's weird that way though, because it's like, I can't focus right now, it's too quiet, so I'm gonna put some music on. You know, like there's a certain level okay. of stimuli before I can focus, but mm -hmm. I think a lot of it's about control too, because when I, I used to live in like a party dorm and I didn't party, but they did, right? Sure. And so I bought myself a stereo just so I could play music loud enough so I could sleep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Earplugs, just not doing it. I didn't get, I didn't have earplugs. I, gotcha. yeah, I do that now. That's how I sleep. Cause it's like, it's. Yeah. Once your have, kids are old enough silence. that you can plug in earplugs. Oh my gosh the best yeah yeah exactly well now i have <laughs> once they're not like the day. all night oh yeah yeah so like yeah stanley i gotta kind of like check on him every Aww. it's like i'm just gonna finish this line of text and then i'm gonna go check on the dog again to make sure he's not killing the cat he just loves <laughs> going after the cat right now it's like oh my gosh it's his thing mm -hmm. classic it's his bag i started reading this book the immortality key um, and it's like about, it's a weird take on religion, but it basically is saying that everything came from psychedelics. Oh. Yeah. And so I was like, well, that's okay. So I'm not super enjoying the book, but I'm going to finish it anyways. Like I just, I pretty much always finish books anyways. Sure. But um, kind of the opening was really interesting to me. There was an atheist woman who was dying of cancer and she took psychedelics and she felt the love of God. Not only that, but she could feel like this lump of coal inside her belly and realize that lump of coal inside her belly was anxiety. And that anxiety dissolved because of the love of God. I was like, oh. whoa, what? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. It's huh. interesting. Cause I'm like, okay, like I'm, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm probably not gonna try psychedelics, but. <laughs> We'll put a pin in that one. Yeah, put a pin in that one. But it's like, it's kind of interesting because I've heard a lot, like Joe Rogan talks about this a lot, about psychedelics mm -hmm. and how it helps you connect. Um, I know like the TV show Mad Men, there was like a period mm -hmm. where like one of the most narcissistic characters took psychedelics and all of a sudden he realized, oh man, there's other people in my life. I got to yeah. think about those people. Like he could actually see things from their points of view. Um, right. But what's... Funny is like, he's saying like all this like Greek philosophy stemmed from them doing psychedelics. And I mean, like a lot oh, of the great rock and roll music came from people sure. doing psychedelics, right? right? And then he even argued that within Christianity, um, the original Eucharist was psychedelics. I'm like, all right, that no seems a way. little too far for me. Huh. But Interesting though. But on top of that, what I really shocked me was like, I've heard about the parallel story of Noah's flood. You know, how it's mm. like, well, there's ancient, you know, stories that predate the Genesis account that say there was a flood. Yeah. Um, but he's basically in this book saying that there's also a Greek story um, that is about somebody turning water into wine. And I'm like, interesting yeah and so i'm like this is interesting because when i was a lot more um focused on literal interpretation of the bible like this mm -hmm. kind of stuff would be crushing but i'm course, still kind of yeah. like well 
I really like I really like Rob Bell and how like when you talk about like the flood, he's like, if you're spending all your time trying to prove that there was actually a flood, um, you're missing the point. Yeah. The point is right. the lesson that comes in it. And mm. water to wine, I'm not sure what is the what is the um message there? I guess it's like the things that we would think is futile that God doesn't care about, he does. Oh, I guess so. I mean, that's interesting. I hadn't heard that at all. <laughs> that there was other, you know, and, you know, that's some of the stuff I feel like youth group tried to shield me from of like, no, 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 it's all just this. It didn't originate anywhere else. But I don't even, wow, I don't know. That's, that's good stuff. It is good. And, and yeah, the point is the story. The point's not the water, you know, when it comes to the flood. And Well, yeah, I, I think that's it, right? And it's like within, you know, this ancient text, there's so much wisdom. And it's like, and I'm, I mean, I'm still not like, okay, no, the Bible's not inerrant. Because then I can just start cutting it apart and just like saying, well, I don't like this, so I'm going to take this out. And I'm like, that's such right. dangerous territory. Because it could really lead to me, you know, like just m making God in my own image and just be like, this is what I want God to be. Right. Um, have you read my favorite heretic, uh, Rachel Held Evans, her book Inspired? I have not. I should read that. It's, it's a good one. And she goes into um, kind of how people of the Jewish faith view the Torah and the, the Old Testament um, stories that we share and a lot of it that they see more as tradition or like she'll say like big fish stories you know where she's like no it's impossible that this little army beat this big thing hmm. but somebody beat someone and the big fish story maybe got bigger into this and it's it doesn't I mean I'm not saying I've adopted that but it's yeah. it makes it a little bit more like oh okay like the message stays the same Jesus stays the same but some of the maybe more far-fetched stuff just becomes a little bit easier when you see it as like well, it's oral storytelling and it's, you know, the big, particularly the big fish story that I was like, oh, okay. That, that kind of makes it make more sense when you see how they view scripture. Well, and I think also kind of looking at different interpretations like that when within the old Testament, um, I know like non, not necessarily heretic people. Like, I don't think these were like super progressive Christians, right. but I heard some of the discussion about like the genocidal kind of portion of the Bible Right. And they're like, okay, there's a couple things, you know, when you talk about like um, Jewish literature, it's like in those days, you know, when they say they killed everyone in that village, they're actually talking about the military portion of the village. It mm, wasn't okay. just like everyone, right. which I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting. That's, that's a little more um, tolerable. Exactly. Um, and yeah. then another guy was like saying that it was like, when they said they completely annihilated the village, that was just the way they talk during war times like it's right they just exactly talked it like people do with sports mm -hmm. and i'm like that's really interesting because i mean honestly i don't know what to do with the old testament i'm like uh it's it's rough and you know also just kind of going does it does it all apply to us you know is it should, mm. do we have to take everything that god said in the old testament and go it applies to me in america in 2021 i don't know mm -hmm. that's something i i struggle with it is it's hard Mm -hmm. but I think like more than anything it's like reading the bible holistically 
and being able to say, okay, I know, because I mean, it's so easy for people to fixate on, you know, just one portion of the Bible. And I think that's where we end up with like prosperity, you know, theology, or, you know, like kind of theology that centers around generational curses and just breaking all those curses. And it's just like, people get into weird fixations, which I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. I mean, really, the way that you view it should be, I think, you know, you should be looking at it holistically. I mean, you can get fixated on revelation too, and just be like, there's a prophecy about this and a prophecy about that. Oh, look, this is, and it's like, that's, yeah, it's just easy for people to get fixated on one portion of the Bible when in reality, I think we need to be full Bible theologians if we're going to use it as any sort of guide to our lives. Right. All right, Theo put in a question. He's not here, Mm. but I thought we could answer it without him. What is your responsibility when others don't care to be reconciled? Um, like with me or like to other people that I'm observing? Um, I guess what would, <laughs> what would, would you, your advice be, you know, for somebody in that situation? It's like, so this person doesn't want to be re- reconciled with me. What should I do? Gotcha. I mean, I, I tend to go, you can't force it. If you've, I mean, if you've owned up for whatever is your fault and Mm. whether that's big or small, you know, or none, but you know, if you've done your best, I I can't, I can't make somebody. I kind of lean on the side of, you know, if you've done all you can, then you just kind of, I I, I don't know at that point, (laughs) it's not that interesting to be like, you try and then you kind of give up. But, um, you know, I think you just keep praying for them. You keep hoping, but, um, you know, I've had situations like that where I'm like, you know what, we've, we've done all we can. And if, you know, if they don't necessarily want to be in our lives anymore, then, then that has to be okay too. I can't make them mm-hmm. be here, you know, but I'm always like, if they turned around and called me, like I'll be there, you know, and yeah. wish them well. And, um, yeah, you know, if something happened, I would be there, I would reach out, but you know, I can't keep hunting them down. I think that does more harm than good. I um, recently discovered Brene Brown. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. like yeah. gotten into that, but um, she was talking about compassionate people. And so I think like when we're talking about that kind of situation, it's like, well, I still want to be a compassionate person, right? And she did a study to figure out, you know, like to look at the most compassionate people in the world. And it was compassionate people of all kinds of belief systems and stuff. And she said that there was one thing in common among all the most compassionate people boundaries it had nothing to do with religion or anything like that they actually had healthy boundaries and because of these boundaries they don't accept abuse from other people and that allows them to be healthy enough to treat other people well oh that's good that's a good point i was that doesn't sound right because the first time you try to to put up a boundary with someone who's used to crossing it, it doesn't feel so good. But no, um, but that's really, yeah, when you protect yourself, it allows you to keep soft hearted and compassionate. That makes sense. Oh, I know, it's interesting. I, I like how uh, research I usually, is pretty I had a notebook always... last time and now I'm like, oh, I should have brought something to take notes with. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, it's great. Well, I'm gonna be listening to this again when I edit it, so. <laughs> send me a send me a note yeah um yeah the other thing she talks about is the story i'm telling myself 
And so I think that's kind of, we, we always think in narratives. I think this is why, like, obviously Jesus used parables all the time, but it's like human beings, we always think in terms of a narrative. And so when I'm facing a situation, rather than just saying, well, this person ripped me off because they're a jerk and whatever, whatever, right? Like, and I, I hear that a lot among people. It's like, this person did this because, and we hear that in yeah. politics all the time. We don't talk politics, right. but we yep. hear that in politics all the time. The reason why this guy's doing this is because, and it's like, that's that's a narrative. Like that's, yeah. you made that up. Like that's, you yeah. don't know that unless you actually right. talk to the person. And I think like being able to continuously reevaluate and just be like, okay, well, what story am I telling myself right now? Oh, that's good. I've, uh, when it comes to other people, I've always been like, don't assign my motive, but hmm. deciding, you know, the narrative of what got me to that decision. That that's another, it's a good way to put it as well. The story, the story you're telling yourself. And hmm. is that like justifying, you know, well, I'm going to do this because, you know, just kind of assigning the reason that you got to your decision and your behavior, you know? Oh, that's a good one too. <laughs> well, it's funny because we do that too, right? And this, I, I talked about before, actually Elephant and Rider. It's like my favorite analogy. That's actually a song on my green album. It's titled Elephant and Rider. Um, <laughs> and it's based on Jonathan Haidt's um, idea that our into, or the way our brain works it's like an elephant and a rider and the elephant is our um, emotions or our intuition and the rider is the um, rationalization. And so when you talk okay. about like, wow, I'm really, I'm really sad today. And that's the elephant that's like sad. And then you start rationalizing and that's when the stories come and it's like, oh, well, well, you're sad because this, 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 this. And the more times you tell that same story, the more you're mm. convinced that that's really why you're sad. When in reality, oh, true. you don't really know why you're sad. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. I do. I do that. And I'm like, oh, I'm spiraling. I'm just piling on all yeah. the things that are going yeah. wrong. And no, now I'm just, I'm just adding fuel to the fire. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm getting better at recognizing when I'm spiraling. I'm just like, oh, okay. This is, this is like, I think it was, um, when I had Sarah Sai on um, the Wax Museum. That was such a good about, one. I loved that one. Oh, she was great. Um, she was talking about like how when she was a child, her parents would have like reactions of a 10 to like a level one event, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's something, you know, like when we're able to like start recognizing that we're spiraling, it's like, wow, I'm... I'm really overreacting to this right now. Right. And so I, I think that's part of it too. Um, yeah, another favorite thing. One more thing about Brene Brown. Yes. Um, <laughs> research shows that the opposite of belonging is fitting in. Oh. Yeah. I'm like, that's, I love counterintuitive stuff. Like, it's just great. I'm like, Gosh. huh pull that out. I need more of that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's funny because I, I think I spent like a lot, a lot of time in school trying to fit in. Um, like I remember, I remember somebody was talking about a movie um, they watched and I was trying to pretend I'd seen it. 
don't did know if you ever though? did that as a kid. <laughs> um, pretty, pretty sad. Uh, this is the proudest moment of my life, mm -hmm. but I absolutely did. There was a, <laughs> it's a, it's a story. Um, there was a dude that had watched um, Grey Gardens. I don't know if you've seen it. It's this no. crazy documentary about these Kennedy cousins that out in Long Island, they're crazy, crazy people. And he was like, you've probably never seen it. It's really obscure. And I was like, oh my gosh, I totally know Grey Gardens. And went off mm -hmm. on a three to five minute conversation. I quoted it with impressions. And he was like, oh yeah, it's so good. It was interesting. He left, I turned to the guy I was seeing and I was like, I've never seen that movie. And he was <laughs> like, how did you do that? Honestly, my brain is weird. It was on in the background of a TV show that I had watched and it the sound stuck and I knew enough to pull it out and be like poor Edie and this one and that one told he bought it and it's the proudest moment that I so totally this wasn't even you trying it. to fit in it was you trying to be no like, I was kind of trying to show up this dude who thought I hadn't seen this movie but that's amazing but yeah I'm pretty proud of that one <laughs> but that's really I cool gather it didn't go as well for you hey I forgot to add to the list um mm -hmm. Your, your story about how you got the name I Drink Anarchy for your Oh Twitter gosh, handle. and I can tell it right. Yeah, do it. <laughs> do you want it now? <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, so yeah, it makes no sense. Uh, I just thought it was the funniest thing. I like the I forced a bot memes. There's this kid and it goes around that, you know, and it's all fake, but you know, I forced a bot to watch, you know, a thousand hours of whatever and generate a script. And one of them was, Batman movies and I it was the Joker that he comes in like you know throwing stuff around and he's like you drink water I drink anarchy and I just <laughs> thought it was the funniest thing in the world it struck me just hilarious and yeah I had to have uh, I drink anarchy and I've had people on Twitter when I've talked about the election go you're an anarchist what do you even know <laughs> I was like oh okay well interesting but um I'm sorry if that was politics but yeah yeah I no drink. it's funny actually there are some very um there are some people that are anarchists that aren't like burning cities and right. anarchy is actually something without getting into politics of it's course. something it's something to study because it's like this it's something idea to look into i think i started listening to the anno christian Park podcast because of you oh, so and good. i actually i really liked it and anytime yeah. like anarchy said on the news i'm like that's not what it is bro. yeah i know but, and it, it okay. is actually it's a buddy from facebook too that really turned me on to that so friend of I a found, friend and then i friended like him because we kind of had a discussion and i'm like it's just, it's interesting that there's so many different points of view on things. Absolutely. And so I'm inherently curious. And everybody has a reason for them. Everybody's, you know, fairly well thought out on why they think what they do. Well, I don't know if I'd say everyone, but. Oh, okay, maybe not. <laughs> I was, was going to be generous there. I was going to try actually, to be compassionate. <laughs> speaking of boomers, um, I was, <laughs> I was, uh, Listening to this podcast where um, it's actually, I think it's a Canadian podcast, The Big Story. Um, and they had this um, woman who's actually from Christianity Today, which I was like, what? What's, oh, okay. This is a secular podcast. What's she doing on this, right? Because Christians are never on secular stuff. It's never, like ever. The two things should not cross or whatever. Mm -hmm. no. But um, it's like in the Bible. 
do it's not be on a non-Christian podcast. Yes. God showed remarkable foresight to mention podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's Stanley. This will be good for our oh audio God. listeners. Hi, Stanley. <laughs> oh, theater of the Minds. This dog is so cute. <laughs> is. Just a big fluff. He's a very serious looking young man. You look at his face and he's just like, yeah. Anyways. Oh, serious um, looking dogs. <laughs> theater of the Minds. I love that. That's yes. like a, that's a relevant podcast reference. Oh God, is it? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so I was actually, I, one of my other favorite podcasts is Phil Vischer's podcast, um, mm. The Holy Post. And I believe it was Sky Jatani that said this. He said, or one of their guests, it's, yeah, don't quote me on that, but he said, there are two things that eat at each other unity and purity huh i don't know if that one jumps out as much like so it's, bring me take me into that let's one think about this for a minute so let's say that we had two groups within the church um mm -hmm. so to keep out of politics why don't we just go with calvinist calvinist versus arminianist right yeah so if i wanted to be you know about unity I might have to give up some of the purity, you know, of mm. our congregation by not okay. forcing everyone to be a Calvinist. All right, I'm taking purity too literally in this yeah. scenario, but okay, I can see that. Yeah, and so I was okay. like, that's kind of interesting because that applies to a lot of different things because it's like, well, how, how, how dirty do we want to get how much do we want our belief system to get polluted by mm -hmm. diverse points of view yeah and it's like you have to give up some of that purity in order to get unity that's true and you see a lot of you know the calls for like oh enough division we all have to yeah. and i'm like i don't think we all have to there's stuff that's wrong and i don't have mm -hmm. to pretend i'm okay with it just so that we're friends you know i gotcha yeah, and I mean, then at the same time, it's like, well, are we are we clinging to things that we don't need to cling to? Did we lose Making the dog? Sure that the dog's not doing anything <laughs> bad right now. If if I were to see it, I would totally let you know. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. What was the last thing you Ball said? I was looking for the down. dog. <laughs> um, the other thing I saw on podcasts that I actually really on on Twitter. Um, and I really wanted to talk to this guy about this. He's like from New Zealand and I forgot his name, but um, he said like, Shalom is peace with wholeness. And so when we talk about like, we just want peace, we just want unity. Well, it's like peace and unity. I mean, like we can, we can make a fake peace. Like right. one of my favorite um, stories, you know, a couple, a couple Christmases ago was the whole thing about the Christmas truce where they stopped, yes, they yeah. stopped fighting for a day and He's celebrated like, Christmas gorgeous? together. And I'm just like, <laughs> what a beautiful story. And then it's like, yeah. And then they resumed killing each other the next day. Right. And it's so like, they so, were just on their best behavior for a little bit. Yeah. So that definitely wasn't Shalom. That was more like mm -hmm. a fake peace, right? Yeah. It's like Shalom is an actual wholeness kind of peace. And so I, mm -hmm just trying to wrestle with this now because it's just like okay so in order for us to have peace at some level we have to give up that purity for unity right but we can't yeah. compromise to the point where we've broken those boundaries 
whole. It all comes together. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. Full of gems. We already talked about Christian pop culture's influence on theology. Ooh, what would Jesus do? I never got the bracelet, did you? I had a couple of them. Um, you know, because you had to have a couple different colors, or did you get the one with the snap clasp, clasp instead of like the thread? Yeah, I had them. Um, like there were books. Yeah. Did it, did I, it help? Uh, no, because <laughs> I was so well behaved already. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. It made me feel pretty holy to be like I wear this everywhere. Everyone knows what it means, you know. Um, is is like Christian culture over? Like you know, like I I feel like when I was a teenager, when I was a young adult, I was really hyped up on that, and then I feel like we just kind of like, and maybe it's a Canadian thing, but I feel like we kind of just kind of merged with the world now and it's like we go to church that's kind of a separate kind of microcosm right. but the rest of our life is just kind of like because there's not really a huge like christian music industry anymore you know it's kind of more like oh well mm -hmm. there's worship music that we listen to mainly on sundays right. sure. um and then like as far as books go i mean there aren't christian bookstores anymore but amazon yeah, sells some christian books so it sure. feels like that whole like kind of microcosm culture has now just kind of like been integrated into like the real world. I mean, I think we've, at this point, we've kind of digitalized it, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's, you know, you make your, your weird Christian Twitter list and, mm -hmm. you know, you follow those people and, you know, my Instagram is again, those little greyhounds that wear clothes <laughs> and the authors that I love. And, um, so I don't know if we're just moved the culture there. I can't think of the bracelets interesting because I can't think of anything else recently that's, you know, been anything like that. And there were other like initials that came out. They were everywhere. You know, I, they were in the mall. <laughs> they were, it was everywhere. Mm. But um, I don't know if there's anything that's sweeping really going on. Um, it's like, what's unless really you want to get political about it. <laughs> what's really trendy for Christians right now? What's I think trendy what's trendy is right like speaking out about politics. Yes, I think it's uh, <laughs> which we don't touch on. So it's like... <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, it's just Instagram rants, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't finish my rant about boomers, did I? I think that's when Stanley no. interrupted. Um, yes. So basically, this lady was talking about the boomer generation and how they interact with the internet differently from the generation that grew up with the internet. Sure. And one of her points that I thought was really interesting, like with internet literacy, um, she said, I don't like using the term internet literacy because it sounds like it's something you can actually be educated on when in reality, it's learning how to properly engage in internet culture understanding that there's algorithms and all that stuff and that's how it works mm. and it's something the older generation struggles with is they don't know they don't really understand the algorithms thing like they don't know that it's actually oh, that's interesting yeah. yeah that's that's really learning by doing i think and i think i still learn that i don't think i could bring anybody in and be like this is how you use Twitter. Mm -hmm. When somebody does this, it's a meme that's been around forever. They're not really being mean to you. <laughs> you yeah. know, I think you just gotta, yeah, it's learning by immersion, right? Hmm. Yeah, so I mean, with a cultural thing, that's what you gotta do. 
Um, one of the things she said that I thought was really interesting is like when you see someone post an article that's clearly sketchy, um, she said that like the younger generations can spot it right away just by the aesthetics yeah. of the article. It's like, this is a joke. Look at this website. It's a joke. It's true. Um, but the older generation doesn't see that. I was like, I've never thought of that. But yeah, usually what I see like, grandma posts that article I look at it I'm like what, what garbage is That's this true. I don't even need to read it like <laughs> you know what I mean and it's like yeah oh that's crazy and yeah, you so, can tell without scrolling usually if something's just garbage yeah yeah and so and I mean like part of it too is like sharing um sharing this information is endorsing it and I think I don't think I need to single the boomers on this. I think there's a lot of people that do this. They'll share this and be like, oh, well, this is interesting. And they'll share right. it. And it's like, yeah. you realize when you're sharing it, it's basically like buying something. You mm -hmm. know, like, you know how yeah. you vote with your dollar, you vote with yes. your share and right. you're promoting that. And it's like- I mean, even literally just with clicks and shares, you know, if it's a pay-per-click type thing, mm -hmm. you've literally purchased it. Well, and I mean, you're actually, um, yeah, you're promoting it and you're getting yeah. more people to buy into that. And I guess the algorithm going for that particular item. Mm. And so it's like Christians really have to think about, um, am I bearing a false witness in what I'm sharing? Yeah. That happened to me recently with uh, the dearest lady from church, but definitely I was like, did you maybe click this miss because it goes to a totally different site with a different story. And she was like, Oh, I didn't notice. I'll have to check into it. And you know, it thankfully didn't go a little too crazy, but I was like, just, just click it and make sure it's a real thing. She definitely just shared because of the headline. Oh my gosh. I actually, Jimmy posted some like thing on Twitter and mm -hmm. um, I saw it and I went to retweet it by saying something, I don't know, I think I was probably gonna give a snide remark or something about it. And Twitter said, uh, you didn't read the article. And I'm like, what? I've seen that. And mm -hmm. I'm like, no way. And I'm like, that's so yeah. cool. I'm glad they're doing that now. I appreciate that prompt. It has made me go, oh, fine, I'll read it first. You know, but yeah, a lot <laughs> of like, do you wanna read it before you share that? And I'm like, oh, you know, think before you speak, read before you tweet, I get it. And pick your battles. I, I just like, this is my segue. It's another like item. It. Yeah, like it's it. pretty good. Um, <laughs> now that I said segue, I ruined it. I do this all the time. It's like <laughs> part of part of the it game. It was so good. <laughs> pick your battles. You don't have to take every shot. I've, I've been thinking about that like within, I mean, obviously in our inter in internet discourse where we're arguing over stuff, like for example, that heated argument over bacon um, on Weird Christian Twitter. Are you I are you soft or crispy? I I like a chewy bacon. Me too. I, uh, and uh, you know I like Canadian bacon. I hate that I <laughs> just did ham. that. <laughs> Which just ham. It's um, just ham. But yeah, I I don't really like a crunch. I like a a bacon I can chew. I agree. Actually, Jimmy kind of said that like partway in between, where it's like chewy and a little bit crunchy. I'm like. You know what? I'm okay with that. I think it's mostly because if I have bacon, it's on a hamburger. And if mm. I'm 
I don't want like crunchy bacon falling out of my mouth when I'm having a burger. Like just ma- match the texture. Like I just, like, I like everything to be juicy and soft. So, right. Match yeah. the texture of the food you're with. Be chewy. Match, match the text. Like God created it. The texture. Match the, no. match the texture of. Yeah. Can whatever. that be my pull quote or something? <laughs> match the texture of. Of the food that you're with. That's the title of this podcast. Perfect. <laughs> Oh my god! When I'm I opened the last episode, it was so the good. Texture of the, the texture of the food that I'm with. <laughs> it's kind of like dance with the one that brought you. Like uh, yes. that's a that's a Petra song. Is it? Yeah, old. Oh, oh yes. Okay, that's old Petra. That's taking me back. Petra means rock. Um, all right. Yeah. So. Yeah, but anyways, I think that you know it's kind of like it's kind of like dealing with teenagers. Um, so like not only on Twitter, I think it applies to teenagers too, because it's just mm-hmm. kind of like if you harp on them constantly, they start to resent you. Sure, I hear. Um, and so you decide um, which shots you're gonna take, because you don't have to take every shot. And right. I think like it's funny because whenever I see something in the news. I'm like, oh no, these guys are going to say this, 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 and then these guys are going to say this, this, this. And I'm like, you guys are so predictable, so scripted. It's true. You're nothing Have but you ever an been echo. able to predict the spin of something so uh-huh. easily as like right now? Uh-huh. Just, you can tell how everybody's going to do it. Don't even, you don't even have to have the conversation. I know what everybody's going to say. Are you, are you a math person? No. No, not even a little bit. I'm a math major. You know how your teacher always said like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't talk about it much, do I? No. Well, I didn't know. So I don't talk much about my expertise. I'm realizing it's like, cause I, a couple of weeks ago, I got asked to do a video for a guy who's like, he runs like this. um, It's like a, a company that tests um, the air inside garages. So like, those like parkades and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, they asked me like, can you do like a little bit of an industrial hygiene portion of our video? And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah, I podcast. And she's like, what about? I'm like, about stuff I'm not an expert on. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so I am a math major. Gotcha. Um, okay. And uh, I was just thinking about how your teacher always says, you know, like show your work. It's like, mm-hmm. we want to know how you got here. And I was thinking about that in terms, that. terms of like spiritually. It's like show your work. It's like how did you get here? Okay. All right. Like I, I think that's that. what really what witnessing is. It's like telling that narrative and kind of explaining. Well, this is this is my story. And it's kind of like what the math teacher wants you to do. I like that spin on it. I I'm the that's spin cool. doctor <laughs> of your. Um, theology i'm a theology spin doctor perfect (laughs) you're a spinologist hey so like when you get your picture taken do you like say say cheese like do you do you do that um i probably do and i know that it makes a big fake smile but Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think I'm with the kids, especially. I'm like, you look at this dot here. Don't look over there. They're mm-hmm. always like all over the place. You know, look here and smile, smile normal. Okay, just say cheese. You know, trying to get the best picture. But I think everybody still just says cheese. Yeah, because I mean, like, I had like a photographer's like, say linguini, say, and like they'll change it. I think say, they're so funny. Say stinky say or whatever. Oh, yeah. But I'm like, I always thought that like cheese itself was like the it's like the algorithm it's like the way to get the person to form their mouth in a certain way yeah Yeah. see theater of the mind we both that is the thing we did the thing (laughs) yeah oh like uh you ever like you know when someone asks you what your name is this is this is what i want to try i haven't tried it yet but like somebody's like what's your name i'll be like oh wait wait you do it okay ask me what my name is what's your name the humans haven't given one to me yet. <laughs> it's pretty good, eh? That's a good one. Man, I ordered food today. And now, uh-huh. you know, I always, I say my name, I spell it real quick. Otherwise people think it's Stephanie. But uh, next time I'm going to be like, I don't have one yet. I don't know. That's good. I'm going to do that. Or you're out with your husband. He hasn't given me a name yet. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to ask him. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> um, have you ever thought about like what praying without ceasing actually is? Man, I'm hearing a, an old Christian pop song in my head about, oh, let us pray. And I can't. I can hear it, but I can't figure out who's saying it. Mm. Um, and no, I mean, if I, if I'm pulling it out now, I'd be like, okay, I think it's not, I, what I don't think it is, is, you know, doing your holy, your quiet time and your, your quiet time and your prayer and your whatever, and then being like, well, that's done. And just moving on with your life without giving any of that part of your health another thought you know but I think it's I don't know I just feel like it's that open communication and Mm -hmm. just that idea of I don't know the God's presence and you know just kind of always around and kind of um your life kind of going through that filter but I don't know if that's what we were going for (laughs) it's like having a sense of God's presence everywhere you go is that kind of what you're saying I I just think kind of being kind of being aware but maybe just constant feeling of communication which i think is harder now that you are in almost constant communication with technology but Mm. you know just that kind of i don't know like if you were with somebody all day you would technically probably be in technically probably that sounds good in Mm. constant conversation even though you might not be talking the whole time but you know Mm. you spent the whole day with that person and i think that maybe it's that mindset you know i like that That is like, that's something I didn't think of is like, so if you're spending all day with someone, you're not continuously talking to each other. There's times right. where you're just like, all right, well, I'm just doing this thing. And there's silence right. while you're doing yeah. the thing. But Joe, you don't necessarily start up a new conversation, you know, 10 minutes later, it's been mm-hmm. a constant flow of conversation, I think. That's like, um, was it I'm trying to think of where I heard this but it was something like you know like 
being like a Christian shoemaker, right? Because there's lots mm -hmm. of shoemakers out there. So many cobblers. Sweatshops. But, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I laughing about sweatshops? I'm a terrible no. person. Um, okay. But you're, you're a Christian shoemaker. This is back in the 1800s. Let's just go back. Sure. You remember the 1800s. Right, um, very well. <laughs> and, and it's like the idea that the Christian shoemaker... I don't know why I went with shoemaker, <laughs> but can we? Can, people are actually chefs, John. Let's <laughs> let's make him a chef. No one's a shoemaker. Okay. Nope, doesn't work with food. No. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> he makes the bacon wrong, and he can't be a Christian chef. The guy that makes the bacon in a sweatshop, um, he's a Christian bacon maker, not because he sings hymns while he does it. But it's like he can do it as unto God because God likes good bacon or God likes good shoes or God likes a clean floor. Um, okay. And so it's like everything, everything is spiritual. There we go. Rob Bell. I haven't read his, that book, but I'm assuming <laughs> it's something along those lines. It's like everything's spiritual. And so I think, yeah, I think what you said is like super powerful because it's like when you spend all day with a loved one and it's like the greatest day ever with that loved one, were you constantly talking the whole time? No, there were no. moments where you were silent, where you were just sitting there and watching the waves pass over the shore, <laughs> whatever, right? What a lovely day, yeah. But it's that constant sense of presence. And I think like we fail when we compartmentalize our lives and mm -hmm. say like, well, God's not with me when I'm watching Parks and Rec, which I'm working through. I feel through. God I'm like in this Chili's. six, it's great. Yes. What's that? Okay, Feel God in Chili's is from that? No, that's from The Office. I made oh, okay. a mistake. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's all good. It's the same thing. Anyways, it's the it's same kind of idea. two sides of the same coin. I love Andy Dwyer so much. He says the dumbest <sighs> stuff. It's awesome. The best. Oh man, okay. Henry Nowen. I don't know why I wrote this. Have you read any Henry Nowen? The name rings a bell. I don't think I could pull anything out necessarily. Yeah. I love skimming see if the this list. Makes sense. Time with God, time in community, time in service. I think that's what the Christian life is. Is time with God, time in community, time in service. And we need all three. All three. Okay. Sure. I mean, I'll take that. Sounds right. Sure. Moving yeah. on. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know what half of this most, stuff is because now I'm the getting the most into professional podcast. Old stuff. Oh. Mary's yes, our default is no. I don't know. I don't know. Is. Our default is which to Mary? say no to stuff. Maybe. Hmm. I mean, is that Mary saying that she would have baby Jesus, or is that did she like other okay, Mary? like I don't know. did it? But like, okay, it's like so, Mary. Um, yeah, you're gonna give birth to God's kid. <laughs> and was she like, um, okay? Like, did she have the option to say no? She's like, hmm. How about no? I mean, it sure. I'm trying to pretend I Mary, can scroll, did you scroll know? through scripture. Did, <laughs> don't start that. 
that <laughs> weird Christian Twitter had enough with that. Oh Lord. <sighs> we, we killed that. Um, I hate that song, but, uh, I wish I liked it. Yeah, I'm it. done with it too. That and Christmas I mean, shoes. I no, that song should never have happened. When I first um, heard Christmas shoes, I was like, what a beautiful song. I'm so sad. And then I realized what, how does this even make theological sense? yes that and I went to a church Christmas show where they kind of like acted it out uh-huh. like along with the song like they had oh, the little boy holding so the good. shoes it was so not it was so bad like I everybody was crying and I'm a horrible person and I had to leave because I thought it was so funny um but I I don't like Mary did you know until I saw Dolly Parton sang it this Christmas on one of her on some special oh and a it was female great. voice is a yeah. lot different that's true that's we did, true I I used to do that song actually with a lady who was a teacher and she had just the most beautiful voice and I played acoustic and I just like added just a little bit of harmony to it. And it was like, yeah, we do that every year. Do you think because it's got like a female subject, do you think that a female voice attaches better to it or a female singing it kind of gets it better? It's just, it's super rare to hear. A or am I just dividing that, that in a gender line that doesn't but exist? But I, I, I think so too. Like, I think, I think yeah. because it's about a female, I, I'd prefer to hear a female sing it. And it's rare that you hear that. And so did right. you like it a bit more when Dolly Parton did it? Oh, it was, she killed it. And in the middle, she like talked about the story. I think she recited some scripture and it was gorgeous, you know? Mm. So I will tell you, yes. You have to like Dolly Parton. It's like an absolute must. It's an absolute rule. Uh, My husband recorded a couple of specials for her. She was like honored last year or the year before. And he was like, Hey, when do you want to watch these Dolly Parton specials? And I was like, Oh, whenever you want, like they're yours. I don't care. I'll be here. And he was like, no, I recorded them for you. You're such a big fan. I was like, since when? No, I mean, I, I don't own, I love her career legacy, longevity, her, her, uh, philanthropic work is amazing. It's not like I listen to her all the time, but he recorded this for me. It was the sweetest. And I'm not like, a diehard Dolly, but have you listened yeah, she to is wonderful. The, the podcast about her? I know I have to. I, I have. I think it's it. called Dolly Land or something Dolly's, like that. I'm not sure if I listened it's like to the whole Dolly thing. Something. But it was like way better, like way more interesting than I thought it would be. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. No, she's a really interesting person. I just found it funny. He thought I was this huge fan. I'm like, when have I ever listened? But okay. Um. I wrote false wisdom, false humility, and I wish I knew what was going through my brain because like false humility is something that I've thought a lot about because it's kind of like this idea. It's like, well, I don't want people to think I'm prideful. Therefore, I'm going to say this to make sure they don't know I'm prideful. Right. And that's false humility because you're thinking about your image, right? That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then what is false wisdom? Yeah, it's not hitting me. Smarter, smarter John must have written that. Smarter John. <laughs> I mean, Bridge. Whoa. Oh, no. Gosh. It's we'll, funny. We'll I did a podcast right this week with a guy in England, and I had to do it at like 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was like no like 
like normally I'll set up my guests with like kind of an idea of what we're going to talk about and everything like that. This yeah. was just total free flow. And I had said, yeah, I'll talk about being uncaged because that's what my 2020 album is. And it's like about being uncaged spiritually, uh, <laughs> ideologically and artistically. Um, okay. And he's like, all right, tell me your story. And I'm like, okay. So I just rambled, just rambled, right? And then when all of a sudden done, he's just like, that was really good. I think it'll be helpful to the listeners. It was really helpful to me. And I'm like, oh, good. Good. <laughs> yeah. That's so, a good compliment for sure. Yeah. So that that was fun. I don't know why I brought that up, but. I'm uh, not sure either. Um, no, no clue. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. I'll be listening to this later in editing. And I'll be like, oh, that's where that came that's from. That's what it was. And it's yeah. like, oh my gosh, I went so ADD on ADD masterminds. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> I like the term swimming in the waters of. And so it's like this idea mm -hmm. that, um, you know, when you talk about fish, it's like they don't know they're in water because water's everywhere. But sure. it's like being cognizant of what we're sim swimming in the waters of. Um, what is, what is mm -hmm. in our environment that we're not even thinking about? Like, I guess for me, it's like being Canadian. It's like, I, I often forget that. I'm like interacting oh, with people yeah. on Twitter. Oh, oh, by the way, I'm Canadian. <laughs> Things are different here. Everybody forgets that. We all assume that everybody is from where we're from. Yeah. Well, no, I, I kind of assume everybody on Twitter is not where, from where I'm from. Oh. But I true. kind of forget, yeah, that I'm not from where they're from. They're from. Yeah. I just know too much of America. It's, it's dumb. <laughs> Hey, I, I went on a, um, a, a missions trip to Colombia oh. years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and it was kind of like, you seen that movie, Yes, Man? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It was like that. And so it was like, say yes to everything. Like, it was like, they're like, all right, so um, we want you to, we want you to preach in front of this church. And I'm like, okay. Sure. <laughs> and then, so I'm like preparing this message and it was like it was weird like I was like I don't know what to share with them and then I thought about like the rich man going through the eye of the needle and the people that we were dealing with were very poor compared to you know where I was coming from mm. and I thought about like the eye of the needle it's like anything that God's asking you to give up and so it's not necessarily money. It could be, you know, friends from your past. And there's just all these things that you could possibly mm. give up. So I kind of expanded on that. Um, okay, Stanley, you're being a problem. No. My, my door on my studio doesn't actually like stay latched. It's like, oh, gotcha. like French doors or something. So anyways. Um, it comes and sorry. goes. So yeah, so anyways. So I, so I preached, which was like something and through a translator. So it was like, there were parts of the message oh, that like were okay. just really hard for her to translate. So it was quite mm. the experience. But oh, um, the other thing that was really weird is like, they were, um, they were playing worship. And one of the guys from the stage looks at me, he's like, come on. And yes. my, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, like they wanted me to play like and I'm like 
I don't even know what these guys are playing. Like it's, I don't know the language. Right. And so, and my wife just looks at me and she's like, do it. And I'm like, okay. So I went up and I played with the band and I'm just sitting here like kind of looking at their fingering and playing. And <laughs> what then, like, are you going to do? Oh, that's yeah, great. Actually, I think I was looking at the piano player and trying to look at like what the lowest note was. And I'm like, I'll just mm. chord according to that. I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I'm so jealous when people can play instruments. I've tried. I, I can't read music to save my life. Like, ugh, I mean, I wish I, I had. I can't read music either. You got, ah, that I hate you more that you can just do it. <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> well, it's funny because like, it, it's kind of, I, I played for quite a few years, like with, um, with church and stuff like that and went from playing acoustic to being a bass player, you know, singing back up to not singing. And then, um, and then when we started doing like this bridge of what stuff, it was like, my son became a musician and a very good one. And it's like, I've barely played on either of the uh-huh. albums. I've played a little oh. bit of bass on a couple of tracks, but most of it is just me writing lyrics. And I'm realizing probably my best skill out of all of it is writing lyrics. And that's been such oh. a joy. And so oh, it's funny, like I, I actually put like my lyrics in Lyric Genius. I'm like, the modern era with music is so weird because I actually mm. built liner notes for the album and then I'm like, what do I do with these? How do, how do people read these? Where do you No, like who looks at liner notes? Like where do they even go? Yeah. So I have like my little Wix site I have, my artist page. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know where to put them. And so what, what Zandi did with his band Tirefall is he went on Genius and he put all of his lyrics in there. That's so great. So when people Google okay. the lyrics, they can find them. So he's like, you should do the same with the Bridge of Watts stuff. And I'm like, okay. So I went and did it. And then it's like, what's the story for the song? I'm like, oh, yeah. well, I'll tell them a little bit of I a story. Actually... Right? Yes, and then they're like, good. okay, we're just going to, these are pending approval. And I'm like, what? I, I wrote these. Like, <laughs> It's approved by me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I approve it. So anyways, yeah. That's good. So, but anyways, yeah. So um, saying yes to everything. Um, it was kind of funny because that that's kind of the mission way of thinking. And it's like, you come back from a mission trip like that and you're like, well, can I be as bold to talk to strangers? Because, you know, when we, we prayed with people in the airport on the way back and all this right. stuff, cause I was like, I want to keep this with me. I'm so excited and all this stuff. And, um, when I actually, I had to go on a work trip right after that. And um, I went to the airport and there was this guy and um, he, he comes in the bathroom and as he's walking out of the bathroom, he's like, oh, good, I found it. I'm like, what? And he's like, this book, I was looking for this book and I found it, I had left it in the bathroom. I'm like, oh, good, good, what's the book about? Cool. And he's like, it's about destiny. And I'm like, Oh, do you believe in destiny? And he's like, yeah, I do. And then I did like lunch with the guy. I ended up praying really? with him. Like it was just the craziest oh, thing. I'm awesome. like, I just, just kind of funny to think of that now. Cause I'm just like, I want that again. It's mm-hmm. like saying yes to everything. It's just such a cool way to live. Right. All right dogs being noisy 
I don't think you can hear him though, hey? I heard like one or two little yips and they thrilled my soul. So I wasn't going to complain. <laughs> I love dogs too much. Hopefully it thrills other people's souls too. <laughs> oh man, this is like one of my favorite stories um, was uh, about Conan O'Brien. And uh, Conan uh O'Brien had uh, said that, like I, I heard this story about him and how he went to like, Calvin Coolidge's grave and he looked at that and he's like I guess he's a former president or like whatever yes. <laughs> but, he, but he's like you're so Canadian it's funny that it's funny <laughs> that nobody nobody thinks of Calvin Coolidge anymore right like he's not one of the presidents you think about can't think of the last time I chatted about him yeah and someone said to Conan he's like you know when your show's over people aren't gonna watch it anymore and he's like Man, that like, that like takes some pressure off of me. Huh. And it's okay. like kind of the odd thing about like how, you know, this idea of insignificance is devastating while at the same time, it takes a lot of pressure off of you. Interesting. Cause at first that seemed very like, oh God, what a downer. Yeah. And just, ah, all right, I'll make a show and it'll be here while it's here and then it won't and that's okay. Interesting. Mind metabolisms. Ooh, I like that one. <laughs> Just keep going Mind through the list metabolisms. here. Metabolisms. Mind metabolisms. So it's like the idea that, like, um, oh, when I we like talk this. about our bodies have a metabolism, and some people have a really high metabolism, some people have a low right. metabolism. When I was younger, I had a great metabolism. And then mm -hmm. it just kind of like slowed down. But like we my all did. <laughs> brain metabolism, it's like, I think I have a very high brain metabolism. And it's like, so I'll just be oh. continuously consuming information. Like there's people that are like, I just want to veg and watch something brainless. And I'm like, no, I'm doing research here. I'm doing research. I'm watching Parks and Rec and I'm doing research into this culture. You know, whatever. It's, like, it's, just, it's just always on, right? Right. And, um, but I, I think it makes it harder for me to be in the moment because I feel mm. like I'm constantly trying to use stuff. Like, it's like, okay, well, I need material for my podcast. I need material okay. for my songwriting. I need material for my little TikTok things I'm doing or my social media mm. posts. So I'm constantly doing that. And it's like, what, it, how do you actually be in the moment? And I think that's where like mm. Sabbath that's is so important. It's like trying to find yeah. that Sabbath. That's good. Mind metabolism. Mind metabolism. I don't know if I made that up. I might've made that up. I'm stealing it from someone. Or yeah, stealing it. I don't know. Oh, I like this too. Artists are lonely because the general populace doesn't really understand your art. Oh, that's like a four thing. That's that's a total four. <laughs> absolutely. World doesn't understand me, man. Yes, absolutely. Ooh, creativity versus compliance. That's a cool kind of dichotomy. It's like, are you going to be compliant or are you going to be creative? Do you find that you're you're generally one or the other, or do you kind of shift according to context? I don't know. I don't 
think of creativity as necessarily always, it doesn't um, bring up like rebellion or something in my mm. brain right away. Like I go right to art and I don't always go to really like explosive art, you know, but um, I, I feel like I'm mostly fairly compliant go with the flow type person. So I don't, I don't think that, uh, but I would consider myself also creative or maybe I just appreciate other people's creativity. Cause again, can't play music and I, I can't paint <laughs> or anything like that, but I, I appreciate art. Um, yeah, I think I'm pretty compliant. What is my, your art? my family? Um, I, I, I sing, I hate to uh-huh. ever be like, I can sing, but, uh-huh. um, uh, I pretend that I write, but really I just overthink things until, you know, until I have to write them down. But, oh, that's, um, <laughs> that's fun. That's, that's so do you, do you write blog? Like, do you blog or anything like that? It's mostly like my stuff. I haven't, you know, I don't want to be like, I don't know. It's mostly like a for me type thing. I haven't, uh-huh. I've, I feel like I started something that might end up being blogish depending on how many word vomits come out, you know, we'll see how yeah. much, how much it ends up being. Um, but I had dropped, this is interesting. I had dropped uh, a couple of habits that were not great for me and my health. And I decided to, I, I don't know, I was trying to come up with a way to, to express it. And I ended up writing like dear John letters to oh. these things and these habits or even like uh-huh. just people that I was like, you know what, I'm just leaving this behind. And so it, it's so far like four to six of, you know, whether it's even just allowing myself to go like, oh, well, I have trauma over this. So I have to be, I have to be sad or dramatic over it. Like at some point I'm making the choice to stay a little bit hurt, you know, when I Mm. could just let things go. Mm. So there's a couple of those. And I'm like, if if I got enough of those together, that could be a thing. Um, But singing wise, it's mostly just it's church. It's worship leading. I'm actually singing on Sunday. Oh, that's great. I'm excited. Yeah. I haven't been part of a worship team in a while now. It hasn't been a year yet because I kind of like bits and pieces. Like there was a guy that would bring me into his church every once in a while. Right. But like, it's like, I'm going to be closing in on a year, like probably let's say April. And it's like, that's it's, but it's like, but I've been doing so much outside of the church that it's like, Oh, okay. Um, but creativity versus compliance. Interesting. I think that's kind of the interesting thing with worship team is that you may have a worship leader who's very much about compliance. It's like, no, no, no. These are the harmony lines you should be following or this, you know, and then it's like in allowing enough leeway for people to do something a little outside of the box. Um, I think though, like for me, it's been so like, I've just been pursuing what's interesting to me right now. And so I'm just, I'm amazed if anybody is paying attention to what I'm doing, because it's like, I'm not even really trying to fit what people want gotcha. me to be. And so, I mean, like, I think, I think what's been really good with podcasting right now is a couple times I've heard people say, you have really interesting guests. And I'm like, that's awesome. Because all I'm doing is like, engaging with people that I'm like, we have to talk, you know, like, there's just like, we need to talk about this, right? So yeah, 
On Tuesday, I'm supposed to do one on taking the Lord's name in vain. Oh, okay. But how that like actually applies to the type of people that we endorse. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I like that. So I, I got to write notes for that tomorrow. I'm like, I'm not sure what I'm going to ask the guy, but that'll be fun. Okay. That sounds good. I will I'll be listening. But yeah, I don't know. I, I guess like what does compliance look like for me? I guess maybe compliance is not alienating my audience completely. Okay. Because, you know, like I've, I've, you know, even like lyrically, it's like um, on, on Cage, there was a point where I said, I wear a rainbow mega hat. And it was like, <laughs> I, I think that's going to make everybody angry. Oh, that was right. very political. But, oh, no. <laughs> I did but it again. it's just kind of like <laughs> this kind of being uncaged in, you know, wanting to like kind of be provocative for everybody sometimes mm-hmm. and not saying, well, I'm just going to pick this one side. And I think like in doing that, it makes you a little bit more of a fresh, a fresh voice mm. because it's like there aren't people that are. There aren't a lot of people anyways that are just making everybody angry. And so, right. but I, I try to do it gently mm. in a teasing fashion. So, right. but I guess, yeah, for compliance for me, like that was I, probably when I wrote this, I was on the worship team and I was like, uh, they just want me to be compliant. But what if I, what if they let me do this, you know? And, <laughs> but I think, you know, those years of working under, you know, some people that were very structured was good because it forced me to look at song structure because it's right. just kind of like, you know, when you're playing an instrument, they're like, don't play here, play mm-hmm. here. Right. And when you play here, play high, play a high octave, play a low right. octave here. And I mean, it'd be the same thing too with playing, you know, doing backing vocals. It's like, you can't just sing harmony the whole time. You know, like you mm-hmm. got to kind of like step back. Sometimes you got to come in. And then I guess with lead vocals, it's also, you know, there can be different kinds of things where they want you to jump an octave or where, you know, there's a lot of different. Yeah. No, I, I can, love worship music. In that, you, I can see that. I love worship music where like someone jumps an octave. And I know the general population is like, oh, this is too hard to sing. I'm like, come on, just sing along. You don't have to jump the octave. Just keep singing the way you were singing before. Except, um, you, yes, do your, your melody. I think I, I, I get it with that, you know, that I, I have a little bit, I hear, you know, notes and I have a little bit of flexibility in there. And, you know, if I get too into it, if I'm doing lead and then it's like, you know, during the rehearsals, I'll be like, stop. You can't do that thing on that last note. You can't mm-hmm. do that little flippy note. Like people mm-hmm. are following you and I'm like, oh, fine yeah. okay what won't they just stay where they're supposed to and it's not yeah. it's not a diva thing it just happened i like the yeah. second we get into a power ballad i'm gone like yeah. you can't tap me on the shoulder totally. you can't like you can't interrupt i'm like i'm, I'm just gonna go and do what mm-hmm. i do you know and i'll try to play along if i can you know so that's that's been something that i've been like okay i kind of have to stay in these parameters when i lead it's not a solo okay that's fine you know that that makes sense yeah no totally totally and I think that's the hard thing like I think with like writing worship music which I've tried a couple times and I've never really written anything that really worked Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of like well people are always like I hate worship music because it's so 
repetitive or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, well, the problem is, is that if you make it too complicated, then people are like, I can't sing it. It's not singable. Yep. And it's like uh, one of my favorite bands, uh, King's Kaleidoscope. Um, mm-hmm. There was an interview with Chad, whatever his name is. And uh, he said, he said, like, everything is worship music. He's like, you go to like, a, you go to like a Jay-Z concert, watch how the whole crowd yeah. Yeah. is mouthing every word. Yep. He's like, and you, you mean yeah. to tell me I made the music too complicated for people to worship to? Anyways. Oh, that's good. This would be like a whole argument that I could have with people. (laughs) But I I don't know. It's hard because, again, it's that compliance versus creativity because it's like, well, do you just fit the mold of what people are used to within that genre of worship? And I guess we just need to swallow our pride and just do it, right? Just like, oh, you can't do that extra really cool note thing. I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, and I do, yeah. I do want to, and you know, I want to lead well. I mean, I'd rather be less good at singing and more good at worship leading, you know, and, and have that be really true for me and have that be really just honest, um, Mm -hmm. you know, an honest flow rather than like, she sounds amazing. Like I would just rather, yeah, be good at leading. So it's like, okay, if this is what I have to do to be good at leading our little, covid restricted congregation that's not even allowed to sing then fine but you know yeah. i don't think that's necessarily political <laughs> yeah no it's hard to avoid the politics of covid yeah it's everywhere i know it's crazy times and i don't know i'm i'm at a weird place too with church cuz i'm just like well i kind of watch the streaming service and the message can be really good um Actually, it's funny because I've been working on kind of a worship. It's not really worship. I wanted it to be worship, but I just can't write worship. I don't know. But I'm, I'm writing a, a, um, an album called Reconstruction. Mm-hmm. And the idea is coming back to faith after deconstructing. And um, so I started writing this track called New. And as, as, as luck would have it, as as the spirit would move um (laughs) our pastor on sunday was talking about sing to the lord a new song and Mm -hmm. i was like "Ooh!" and so i got a whole bunch of ideas while he was oh nice i'm like cool so i am finding the message can be you know messages can be very edifying and useful (laughs) material (laughs) (laughs) there you are looking for material again looking for material always looking for material all right. Well, I think we are out of time. Thank I've got, you for coming oh gosh, on. Late. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Cause after listening back to uh, the other one, I, I've never heard a more annoying blend of a New York accent and Valley girl, which makes no sense for my upbringing. But I heard me and I was like, oh, this is, I, this is terrible, but I had so much fun. So thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you for asking me to do this one. I honestly, like, I hear no accent. So I'm. I, I said it to my husband and he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I don't know that every now and then, like, a, a really nasal New York would come out, but then I'd be like, yeah, totally. <laughs> just like Drew Barrymore would come out of my mouth. I'm like, I don't, I can't believe that people would even listen to me for more than a second, but this was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so it's I Drink Anarchy on Twitter. That's right. Have fun uh, with my hot takes. 
I'm Bridge Live What. Catch you on the flippity floppity. Thank you for listening to ADD Masterminds. We would love to keep you updated on what we're up to, as well as share some hilarious memes. We'd also like to hear from you. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Crazy start to 2021. Protesters stormed the Capitol and actually got inside the Capitol building, and all because of words. Next, Twitter started removing people from Twitter, removing their ability to connect with their followers. And friends of mine saw their follower count plummet. Is this loss of freedom of speech? What is the value of freedom of speech? On this week's episode of The Wax Museum, I wrestle with this. Listen to episode 94 of The Wax Museum podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts.